0: Hey everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome back to Screen Speak. It's the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and once again, thank you so very much for coming by and checking out today's episode. I'm not even going to do those plugs like I do sometimes at the start of the intro on a podcast. You know, a lot of podcasts do that, right? Like they say, hi, how's it going? Welcome to this, welcome to that. Go ahead and plug, subscribe, blah, blah, blah you know I, I think we get it we we get how that works so i'll i'll do that in future episodes but fino for, you know, for this one let me give you a break from my self-sustaining plugs there and we're just going to jump into the content without any introduction here i wanted to talk about streaming on today's episode of the podcast now i have other episodes that i've been working on that are around the subject of streaming and i will get to those eventually But for now, what I want to do is just get into stuff that I have been watching on streaming but have never talked about on the podcast platform. Because those of you that have been listening for a while, you will notice or see that I will typically talk about movies that are released theatrically, so they go into a movie theater, or I am also watching stuff that's on physical media or 4K. Every once in a while, you'll see streaming titles that get released on physical media, but not really all that often. So sometimes streaming as a platform when I watch the movies on there, a lot of the times they just kind of go into a black void, uh, never to be watched again. Or or if I do watch it again, it's, it's rare or not as often as it would be with physical media such as 4K or Blu-ray, DVD, even VHS. I might watch that a little bit more. So... It just got me thinking, you know, I really should talk about streaming more often on this channel uh, because there is some great stuff that gets released there. There's also some bad stuff that gets released on streaming platforms as well. Uh, But there's a lot of great stuff that is brought onto that platform, and I just feel like it would be foolish of me not to address it. Uh, So I'm trying to get better about that, and so this episode is going to be uh, probably the first of a few, uh, who knows, we'll see how this one goes, where I talk extensively about stuff that is streaming. So, to start off this conversation with myself, and apparently my listening base, which is you, that's out there, I want to start first by just talking about the latest things that I have actually watched on Netflix. Uh, probably the most recent thing that I watched was the Adam Sandler movie hustle, which I have a podcast all about that. So I'm not even going to get into it in this episode, but I did watch that. Uh, I have also watched the Russo brothers, uh, latest film, the gray man with Ryan Gosling. Uh, and who, oh my gosh, who the heck is the other person? Chris, Chris Evans. Is that right? Chris Evans, that captain America. There's there's a lot of different Chris's out there. You know, you have Chris Evans, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt. Uh, Hell, there's probably others that I'm forgetting. But uh, you know, hang on, hang on one second. Okay. I am back. Apologies for that. I had to put in a quick edit in this episode because I I heard my wife putting away, uh, I think dishes in the other room. I would know if I was a good husband, right? But now, you know, I just make my wife do everything because I'm terrible. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. A little bit of marital humor uh, to start the podcast off with. Uh, Okay, but anyways, I was talking about the stuff I've watched on Netflix recently, and I believe I was talking about The Gray Man, so I will pick up with that. So Chris Evans, that is the other person that's in this movie, it's from The Russos. Uh, I actually thought about doing a dedicated podcast for that particular movie, because I did enjoy a lot of the action uh, that was in it, and I wanted to talk about it. But then it was a movie that I sat on for a while and I just kind of thought to myself, am I really going to have a lot to say about this movie past what I basically just told you, which is that there's some good action, some pretty solid acting, good cast, got Billy Bob Thornton, got Billy Bob Thornton in there. I like him. Uh, yeah, Anna de Armas, she's good too, that uh, Reggie, Janae, I, I can't even think of his name, I so sorry to that actor. Uh, I should probably put his name in the description below. Uh, who else is in the movie? Uh, there's a few other people. That guy that plays uh, Pablo Escobar in season one of Narcos. He shows on a, uh, shows up in the briefly, but whatever. I don't know why that's what I remember. But in any case, uh, it's a solid action movie, but the story itself is just kind of eh. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just kind of a bit forgettable for as big as the set pieces are the actions really the only thing that actually stands out in my mind for that movie. And everything else is just kind of disposable action movie stuff that I've seen done better uh, in other movies, but I did watch it. So there you go. I, I mentioned it. Uh, I also recently watched a documentary, which Netflix just for the record, uh, as far as streaming services go, they do have a pretty good track record of, of housing some solid documentaries, I watched the one that Jonah Hill made about his therapist Phil Stutz, uh the documentary entitled Stutz. Uh, and also just for the record for anything that I'm talking about in this episode, uh I'll try to put descriptions for just all this stuff that I'm talking about that I feel like putting a description on in the bottom of this episode or the description of this episode. You, you know what I mean? Like you, you scroll down, you hit the description on the episode. I I don't have time to troubleshoot your computer uses. I, I don't. But the description of this episode will have stuff that I'm talking about here. Okay, done. Moving on. Stuts. Uh, it's mostly in black and white. But what I really enjoyed most about this documentary was that, A, it kind of subverted some expectations that you would see in a documentary sort of like this or at least around this type of subject matter. Jonah Hill's a pretty creative guy. He's a very talented actor. And clearly when he steps behind the camera, he's showing some talent as well. Uh, If you ever saw his directorial debut mid 90s that he did with a 24, I thought he did a pretty, pretty good job coming out of the gate for somebody that started doing acting, but is starting to kind of go behind the camera as well. Uh, but this documentary is very personal. Uh, it's him being very vulnerable and just kind of raw with the process of uh, therapy. But what I liked is that his therapist, Phil Stutz, is very not what you would expect. I guess the traditional image of a therapist to be, uh, you know, someone wearing like a you know, there's a clip from 50-50, a uh, great movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. I'll, I'll just throw it in here right now because it perfectly kind of describes the the stereotype of a therapist. And aren't you supposed to you know, be wearing an earth-toned sweater and be like 65 or something? So with all that said, I think what Stutz was different about from a therapist's approach is that he actually visualized a lot of his concepts uh, in drawings that he would do himself. And I I don't know all the different uh, steps that he tells people to do, I don't I don't have them all memorized at least. But I highly recommend watching the documentary because I I took away some of those steps uh, after watching it and just realized like man like the, this guy has just such a unique outlook on the world. Uh, his stuff is actually applicable. Like it's not just like big you know sexy words. It's actually telling you tangible things that you can do. And I felt that to be very useful and refreshing uh, to see on the subject of therapy. Um, I, I can tell everybody out here right now, I've done therapy myself. Don't think I've ever admitted that on the podcast, but it shouldn't be anything that you have to be ashamed of if you have to do therapy. Um, there's a lot of different reasons for doing it. But what I can tell you is that I never really had a therapist experience that was anywhere near um, the level that Phil Stutz brings to his patients, apparently. And, and it would be nice to eventually find something like that. So uh, Stutz, if you're hearing me, uh, take me on as a, as a patient, but I doubt I can afford you. So maybe do like a pro bono thing. I don't, I don't even know if therapists do that. That might just be a, a lawyer thing, the pro bono. And to tell you the truth, I'd, I'm not even sure what pro bono means. I know they do it without getting a fee up front. That might just be the, the basic definition of it. But I'm sure there's got to be a more uh, sophisticated and, uh, dare I say, descriptive, accurate information than what I just said to you. So, I, I don't know. So, yeah, I watch Duts, I watch The Gray Man, and I watch Hustle. That's the most recent things that come to mind. But then, if I'm going back in my run of different Netflix movies or other streaming services that I've seen before in the past, their movies, their content... Uh, I want to go ahead and talk about that. So let's stick with Netflix for now, okay, as far as streaming platforms, and then I will start to take a look at other streaming platforms and see if I can recall things I've watched on that and keep going from there. Uh, So with Netflix, I realized upon looking in my queue and just past things I've watched, there was honestly a lot of things I, I completely spaced that I watched it. Uh, I suppose that could be a test, a, a testament to the film is if it's really not that great, I shouldn't have to recall it that much that I watched it. Um, but there's a few of these that I have in this list in front of me that I think are pretty good and, and I'll just be, I'll just be full upfront with you and be like, this one was either, you know, this one was great. This one sucked. This one's forgettable. I'll, I'll just go, go through these quick. Um, who remembers the movie triple frontier? Does anyone remember that? It's got Ben Affleck in it, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Oscar Isaac. Great, great cast, right? Great cast. Um, This is a movie that I can tell you I watched it. I enjoyed seeing those people because I've seen them in better movies. But this movie, there's not really a whole lot I have to say about it. Other than that, it does do some heist stuff, but... Ultimately, it's kind of underwhelming, and it's a movie that if I hadn't have been recording this episode, I don't know in what context I ever would have brought this movie up and been like, "Yeah, man, Triple Frontier—that's that's that's the movie to watch." It's not a bad movie. Like, don't get me wrong; it's not—it's not horrible by any means. It's just kind of—it exists. I'm sure that's pretty. I feel like like talking about a movie like that sometimes is just harsh. Like, oh, it exists. That's what your divisive opinion is on this movie that a lot of people worked hard on to make and, you know, just everything like it's so simplistic, right? Just, I don't know. I got, I got to check my, I got to, you know, put myself in check sometimes, you know, I just, just cause I'm saying it doesn't mean it's factual. It's just, it's just an opinion of a guy sitting here on a podcast talking about what he watched on Netflix in the past. Like, come on. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm figuring this stuff out. Figuring it out as I'm going through this, so whatever. Uh, let's see, yeah, Triple Frontier, I watched that. Uh, I watched Bright. That was a Will Smith movie with Joel Edgerton. He is a cop. It's from, uh, I think, I want, I want to say it's David Ayer, the guy who did, like, he wrote Training Day, directed End of Watch. The, have, actually has a lot of movies uh, about police and law enforcement and things like that. And this one's no different except for the fact that it takes place in a fantasy version of Los Angeles and that his partner is an orc, which that's Joel Egerton. Uh, Edgerton, Egerton? I think it's Edgerton. And his partner's an orc and they have to do stuff in the city. I, I know they're trying to go after like a magic wand, I think I remember. I, I only watched this movie once. Um, I remember thinking this was a cool concept for a movie like i was like okay like you're taking the kind of gritty raw uh police action film and you're putting a fantasy twist on it by having there be magic and things like that so i'm like okay that's neat uh and i remember i i think i enjoyed the movie all right like i I don't think i don't think i hated it Uh, i should probably actually go back and maybe revisit it because i feel like there's actually supposed to be a sequel that's going to come out for this uh i'm not sure but someone someone out there can fact check me and, and see if this is the case, uh, and, and maybe you'll go watch Bright as a result. So we'll see. I watched Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler. I, I do know that that is one that has a sequel coming because Netflix, uh, they, they do this, uh, I think they've been doing this now in the last couple of years. Towards the beginning of the year, they will release a Uh, a very fast snippet teaser of all these upcoming films that they have coming out in their slate this year. And I did see that murder mystery two was in there and they had like a brief five second preview for it. Um, I didn't hate this movie, but this is not, this is not to me, the Sandman's finest, uh, Mr. Adam Sandler. It's fine. It's not as bad as some of like his, his really bad comedies that he makes sometimes, um, I think it's probably elevated a little bit by Jennifer Aniston just being in it and it, 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 like, it's fun. Uh, but it's, it's no glass onion, you know, it's no knives out. Like, let's just get that up front right now. It's a comedy at the end of the day. I think that's what you have to keep in mind with a movie like this is that if it makes you laugh, it's, it's probably done its job. And I think in the movie, I watched it alone so that that might not have helped, because I find when you're watching a, a comedy, sometimes having an audience actually makes the difference, really, uh, for your enjoyment that you have. And I think I just watched it by myself and I was like, okay, like, you know, I like Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. Okay, cool. Uh, some of Adam Sandler's friends, they are in the movie, I think. And uh, yeah, I think the movie exists. I don't know what else I would, <laughs> what else I would really say about it. I realize these last last couple I talked about, they're kind of underwhelming, but Just trying to be honest. That's what I'm doing. Honesty is the best policy, as they say. I saw The Highwaymen. That was a... Could I call that a bio... That's not a biopic. It's a true historical film about the marshals that were, I think, tasked with helping take down Bonnie and Clyde. It's got Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson in it. This movie also underwhelming, honestly. I like both those actors considerably, and I think the story of Bonnie and Clyde is also just a classic crime story, and telling it from the perspective solely of law enforcement as opposed to the criminals, like, okay, that's different, I could see that, but it ultimately doesn't really have that much, uh, it doesn't have much action in it, it didn't really have a ton of great character work to really keep me invested in in either of the actors in it, Uh, and I just kind of found myself looking at my phone being like, uh, are, are we done yet? Are we done? Speaking of being done, I'm done talking about that movie. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. What are other past Netflix movies that I've seen? I watched extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. I did not hate this one. Okay. I will tell you that the documentary that, that preceded this, that came before this um, also coincidentally by the same filmmaker that made this movie is arguably better Uh, that's the Ted Bundy tapes. I feel like that docuseries had a moment. Like it really had a moment, like in the pop culture zeitgeist of things where like, it really was kind of being talked about on a lot of different, uh, media platforms, social media, uh, message boards on the internet. A lot of people were really talking about it and buzzing about that documentary when it was out because America just has this I don't know if it's America, it could be more of the world for all I know, but America at least we have this fascination with exploring the the psyche if you will of serial killers. I think it's just because like there it's so far removed from what a lot of people would view as being uh, not only normal behavior but certainly acceptable or you know good behavior. I mean like it, there's some evil stuff. I mean it says it right in the title. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. I mean, Ted Bundy—that that guy did some disgusting, awful, terrible things, just like the title says. But I can tell you that, just as a person that watches movies on this subject matter, I don't actually get offended by it. Now, granted, I haven't—I um, haven't been in a situation where I've lost a family member, a friend, a close person to a serial killer so I might feel differently I'm sure if I was more personally connected to uh, a victim but but that said I find that the ones that do it right they end up not only you know telling the story to an audience that might not ordinarily have you know maybe read about it watched the original news clippings or uh, read the news clippings if you will out of their local paper uh saw the news. So, you know, they might not be seeing it. So you're exposing that there are these people out there to the world. So I feel like there's a there's a sense of, of informativeness that comes from a good movie like that. But then it also explores the darker sides of mankind. Uh, some of the things that people can do that's just sick, just sickening to your stomach. And it certainly makes you think twice and have conversations about it, which if you're looking just at entertainment movies as a whole, you could argue that there's a lot of movies that have that type of goal in mind. And I didn't mean to go on a, on a, you know, a, a spiel, if you will, about that. But I think it's, I think it's worth saying when we're talking about these types of movies, that there needs to be appropriate context and intent uh, behind these movies and and how they're ultimately uh, delivered to an audience and what their message is. But this movie, I did enjoy it. Uh, I did. I thought it was a good departure for Zac Efron. Uh, I certainly think it's helping his career to get more movies that are taken seriously. He has a movie actually that's coming out. I think it's directed from Peter Fairley, um, one of the Fairley brothers. uh, I think this is the one that started doing dramatic stuff with the movie Green Book. Uh, He has this movie. I'll put the trailer for it in the description of this episode called The Greatest Beer Run Ever, I think. I don't actually know if it came out yet because I thought it was supposed to come out around uh, 2022 award season. But maybe they're they're saving it for some time here in 2023. Uh, in any case, it, it looks good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the trailer in the description of this episode for that. Uh, but I enjoyed Zac Efron in this. It was different. certainly made me view him differently in this movie. Uh, and I learned. I, well, actually, I was about to say I learned about Ted Bundy, but that, I can't really say that's true. I watched the documentary series before that, and I'll say if you're just wanting a lot more detailed insight into Mr. Bundy, uh, that documentary would do the job for you. I feel like the movie was just kind of more of an add on to people that maybe are into documentaries, so they could see um, a lot of the same beats that are described in that documentary play out. uh, But it's certainly, of course, more thematic, and you have a charismatic uh, actor playing Ted Bundy, which. Which on that subject quick, the the charisma, charisma I can't say charisma, the charisma. Wow. My brain almost exploded from that stuttering. The charisma that he has is actually very important because that's sort of how Ted Bundy's game worked. That was his angle. He didn't look like your typical freak, if you will. He looked handsome. He was smart. Went to a college. Even was involved a little bit in politics uh, had some charm, had some confidence. He had things that would not be typically seen in your average psychopathic serial killer. Uh, so you needed an actor, I think for that part to, to sort of, to sort of sell that, to sort of sell that, um, doubt ability that you would have. Is that a, is that a word doubt ability? Yeah, I'm making it into one. The doubt ability that, somebody would have at looking at a person like that and thinking that he could do all these disgusting, terrible things. So I, I thought it worked on that the movie itself is probably like a C plus, you know, maybe even a B minus, you could call it that, but it's all right. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Uh, good, good performance by Zach. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll go through these next two pretty quick. I watched a movie called outlaw King. I think Chris Pines in that I felt like I wanted that movie to be Braveheart when I watched it and it and it just kind of went into the I don't remember it territory. So there's that certainly in the I don't remember it territory past knowing it exists is the movie War Machine with Brad Pitt. I watched that. um, Honestly, just boring fest the movie. Uh, I, I think it was trying to be like a satirical take on like stupid military action during like the Iraq War or something like that. Uh, but I just found myself losing more and more interest in the movie as I continue to watch it. And for some reason, Russell Crowe shows up at the end of it, spoiler alert for the 2% of people that are going to listen to me talking about this and be like, Ooh, I'm going to go check out war machine and see how bad it is. Uh, Russell Crowe shows up at the end of it for some reason, maybe they were going to do a sequel or something. Not really sure on that, but just kind of a forgettable want to be satire film that just didn't really stick the landing for me, at least maybe there's an audience out there that likes it, but I certainly did not. Uh, This, this next, these next two I did though. Okay. Uh, I watched the movie, the two popes. Now I'll be honest, this is not new, but I'm going back through my Netflix library quite a bit and I'm trying to find stuff I've watched that I haven't talked about. And so this movie qualifies this movie did really well around the award season, the year it came out. Uh, you had great performances by Anthony Hopkins and uh, Jonathan. Oh, my God. What the heck is his name? Jonathan. It's the bad guy from Tomorrow Never Dies. What a, I'm going to look this up. Two Popes. Cause otherwise, it's going to drive me insane. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Price. That's what I was trying to say. Jonathan Price. uh, Excellent performance uh, from him as Pope Francis. And then you had Anthony Hopkins as Pope Benedict. Um, It's a very neat, true story. uh, Very interesting time in life captured. Uh, I learned a lot, actually, just about the Catholic religion overall from watching that movie and just how the election process of a pope works. And I found that all to be very, very interesting. Then you have the Conflicting, conflicting, the conflicting side of the story where you have Anthony Hopkins Pope uh, Pope Benedict that certainly, even arguably, right now is going to probably be a vilified figure by some because of his, uh, so to speak, back turning that was accused of him for the stuff that the Catholic Church did that I I don't really want to get into uh, on this podcast, but if you've ever seen the movie Spotlight or I guess just paid attention to news in the last 10 years, you'll probably know the Catholic church has sometimes had some things, uh, brought against them. Some of it is most definitely true. That makes people second guess the religion and certainly the people that are in charge of its leadership, uh, which of course the Pope is pretty much the president of the Catholics. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to say about that. But point is, is that the movie, the movie, at least it, it does not shy away from that narrative. Like it addresses it. And I think it does it smartly. And I walked away from the movie having just a greater appreciation of, I think the Catholic religion about when religion works, when it doesn't work well. Um, I think just the overall power of it and its influence that it has on the world. And and You know, I, I think I just also thought it was a, it was a good movie because of the chemistry that the two leads had and just kind of seeing that it's such a rare time in life that there would be two popes basically at the same time. Uh, so just, it's a good movie. Uh, that's actually one I would watch again. Uh, you know, even if you're not really into religious stuff, just from a historical perspective, it's a, it's a really interesting movie to watch. So I, I would actually like to watch that again. <clears throat> Uh, And then this last one that I watched that's from Netflix is Dolomite is my name. Dolomite is my name. This was a long return to a good movie from Eddie Murphy, who you could argue hadn't really done not anything, but certainly hadn't done anything really that great in a long time. And and this movie was sort of a, a good return to form for him, not only as just doing a good movie. Uh, but he's really funny. He's really funny in this. It is also a true story. It's a biopic. Um, i got to look this up here with the actor that it's about. Because it's about a, I guess you could call it like a B-movie actor. Dole of my is my name. Uh, Rudy Ray Moore. That's right. Rudy Ray Moore. Um, yeah, he's portraying the real-life legend Rudy Ray Moore. who is a, He was a comedian, a rap pioneer. And then he eventually ended up making kind of obscure B movies with like Kung Fu fighting and comedy. It's, it's really kind of wild stuff. Um, but I really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed seeing Eddie be back just in general and something of quality. And now it looks like his career is, is slowly coming back and, you know, coming back in a way it hasn't before. He actually has a movie coming out with Jonah Hill, um, soon. It actually might be out by the time this is up, uh, called you people, Um, And then he's also going to be back as Axel Foley in a new Beverly Hills cop movie. Not sure if you knew that. And and I'm excited for that uh, just because I, I like Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley way too much to not see him in it. It might be 30 years too late or who knows what, but hey, I'm sure Paramount, they probably saw all the success that Top Gun had, the sequel, Top Gun Maverick. And that's a legacy sequel. And they saw the truckload of cash that that brought in. And Beverly Hills Cop, I would say, uh, maybe IP-wise is not as recognizable as Top Gun or Impactful, but it certainly has a following. And if they were to get Eddie back and there's the right story, and you also got uh, Judge Reinhold and, uh, oh my God, the guy that plays the other detective, John something. Uh, Let me look this up. It's going to drive me insane. Beverly Hills Cop, John Ashton. That's what I'm trying to say. John Ashton, um, just a quick shout out to that guy. I think my favorite movie with him was Midnight Run. Uh, he was fantastic. Fantastic in that movie. In fact, I need to do a podcast on that movie, and I'm sure I've said that in previous podcasts, but damn, Midnight Run is such a good movie. Okay. So I think that wraps it up for stuff that I have watched on Netflix, probably within the last two years, I guess, since I know I cited a couple of 2019 releases. Um, let me see. Those are movies, but I do occasionally watch shows. Yes, despite me only talking about movies pretty much on this podcast, I do sometimes watch uh, you know, television series, miniseries, whatever you want to call it, uh, TV, right? Uh, let's see. There's some stuff I've watched on Netflix before that falls under that. Certainly Stranger Things. Uh, I have watched the first three seasons. Are they on season four? I think so. I, I have not watched, uh, Stranger Things season four. Um, I'll c- try to catch up on that eventually when I can. Uh, but, but not, not just yet. So, uh, Stranger Things, uh, I've watched that House of Cards I will admit, uh, I did watch that for a long time, but I admit, uh, after all the stuff happened with Kevin Spacey, I pretty much just stopped watching the show. I think I tried to watch like two episodes of it, uh, and like the final season that they made. And I just think I really, I just truly lost interest because Kevin Spacey for better or worse. I, I you know, I'm not even going to mention the allegations that he has been under and facing in court. I'm not defending him at all either. But he really was the rock of that show. I mean, he was that thing's foundation. And so when he left, I kind of felt like the foundation just gave out and the story just wasn't as compelling without his character. So I I didn't finish that. Maybe I will go back one day and do that. But I feel like just too much time has passed. And at this point, you know, what good is that going to accomplish? Um, I did watch Narcos uh, season one. And I did watch part of season two, I think, but the first season was what was that I really liked the most because it's a contained story talking all about the, uh, essentially rise and fall of Pablo Escobar, uh, which had that one actor that I'm tying back to the beginning of this podcast was in the gray man. Uh, let me see. What can I say about Narcos? I really like Boyd Holbrook and Pedro Pascal. Um, Pedro Pascal's having quite the career high right now between The Mandalorian, The Last of Us, the unbearable weight of massive talent. He's got a lot of good stuff uh, in his pipeline right now, and it's only looking like he's continuing to do more. And Boyd Holbrook is an actor that I don't think gets near enough recognition. Every time I see that guy in a movie, even if it's a bad movie, uh, namely The Predator, I still enjoy seeing him in it. I think he's charismatic. I think he's a good actor. He's fun. Uh, He does a lot of interesting things and makes interesting choices in movies. And he's coming out in the new Indiana Jones movie. Don't know how big his part is, but still, I'm excited to see it for the guy because I think he deserves success because I think he's good. Um, But yeah, Narcos season one is really, really good. I would recommend that. Can't really say much for the other seasons just because I haven't had time. And something I'll tell you all on the subject of time is this, do any of you out there ever feel like, man, I would just love to be able to be unemployed and just sit on my ass all day and watch all these, all these great TV series that I can never, I can never watch because there's not time. Well, I don't know how you feel on that. I'm asking, but I can tell you, I feel that sometimes it, it's overwhelming streaming as a platform can just overwhelm me to death because there is so much out there and so much of it looks great. And I hear great things, but there's only so much time in the day I have to prioritize. I, I got to try to make the best of things, you know, work life balance, the whole thing. And I would love to watch some of these shows, but I just, I just can't always get around to it. So it sometimes is a pain to me. And I think sometimes that's why I stick with movies because a movie at least ends, you know? I mean it, it ends. It just wraps up. I got 2 hours, hell, even 3 or 4, whatever. If it's a long movie, it's done. Cuz with a series, if I catch it early, we might I I might have a shot. I might have a shot if I catch it early. If it's like, "Hey, hey Jordan, you should really watch this good show." And they're like, "Oh, okay, what's it about?" And they tell me what it's about, and then I ask that key question. I'm like, "Well, how long is it?" And the person says, oh, it's like two seasons. Okay. Okay, you got me right there because if it's short enough in, I could probably get into it and catch up and maybe not waste 12 hours or you know 24 hours or however many hours it takes to catch up. But if someone is telling me, uh, I'm trying to think of a show that I never watched that it's just like it's too late for me. Oh, uh, think of the, uh, the show Shameless. Now, I've heard great things about Shameless. Uh, William H. Macy's in it. Emmy Rossum's really good. Uh, That guy from The Bear, he's in it too. Is it the Jeremy White? I can't even, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. But I've heard great things about that. But there was like, I don't know, isn't that like on season nine, 10, or 11? Like it's gone on for a long time and I I think it's over now. But that to me is like just daunting to like go back and watch it because I got to watch it in order and I got to set aside time. And then I got to keep up with all the other new stuff that's coming out. So yeah, man, just shows are tough for me. The quality is there. Like it, it's, it's not like it's not, but it's tough. It's just tough for me to try to keep up with that. So just find it overwhelming, but I, I can at least say just from looking at this list here, I'm glad that I've at least caught some of the bigger ones or even some of the smaller ones. Um, but I just have so much ground to make up on that. So I think as I get towards the end of this episode, I'll just share with you all the different things out there that I think look really good that I do want to watch, and maybe, just maybe, I can watch a handful of them and talk to you all about them in either another streaming episode, or hell, maybe I'll break precedent and do something on a TV series. Uh, Okay, let's see. Another Netflix series I watched was Mindhunter. I watched the... How many seasons of that were there? Was just was there just two? Well, I know I definitely watched the first season in its entirety, and I and I did really enjoy it. I enjoy FBI profiling, um, serial killer analysis, that whole thing. You know, we kind of talked about that a bit on the extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile uh, Netflix movie with Mr. Efron. But this is a good show. Uh, I can say it did introduce me to Jonathan Groff. Uh, I like I liked him a lot in the show. Uh, it was nice to actually see him be in the new Matrix movie. I know there's a, a lot of divisive opinion about his casting as essentially Agent Smith or a new Agent Smith, uh, but I really like him. I like the energy that he brings to what I've seen him in. I think he has a lot to offer or could potentially have a lot to offer, and so I guess we'll just see where his career goes. Um I know the next movie he has coming out that I want to see is the new M9 Shyamalan movie, uh, a knock at the cabin that comes out in early February. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to talk about that on the podcast. Who knows? Uh, but I really enjoyed mine So that was good. It's a shame. It got canceled uh, so early because I think there's only again, two seasons of it. So that's a bummer. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's it as far as stuff I've watched recently on Netflix. So hopefully you found that useful or, entertaining what why would you find that useful just realize that why would that why would that be useful to you so you can just be like oh did you know what Jordan watched on Netflix recently why no kind sir or ma'am or whatever you are I I I don't know oh well let me tell you about blah, blah 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 I I don't know why that would be useful entertaining is more more the word I was looking for there so uh let's see Amazon, I know they got a lot of stuff out there. That's a service I'm just massively behind on. And there's probably little hope of me catching up. But I have watched most, say 80%. I think I'm two episodes from completing it. Uh, I have watched Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Now, I'm taking a quick sip of kefir here. Uh, That's good. Now, what I will say on Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, not that this is a review, but I'll micro-review it, if you will, the production value is absolutely there. Absolutely there. I can see where they spent the money. Looks well spent. Everything looks really great. Uh, A lot of the acting overall is still pretty solid. Some of the writing, if you will, is also fairly solid, as well as uh, some of the direction. Uh, J.A. Boy, uh, I got to think... Not think. I, I got to pull up his name here. Uh, J. A. Boyana. This is a director I enjoyed because of his work on the movie The Impossible. It's a Ewan McGregor and early Tom Holland movie that's quite good. Uh, and then his work on a underrated movie called A Monster Calls. So I liked him from that, and he directed a couple of the episodes for the series. Started off strong. Started off pretty good, but I admit. It's a bit rocky, at least for a first season, even with all the other great things I said about it. Um, There's just, honestly, some side characters and side plots that I didn't really care about at all. I I just wanted to see certain storylines play out and other ones just kind of get dropped. Uh, So maybe they'll tighten some stuff up in the second season, which I know is already approved, greenlit, maybe even filmed at this point. Uh, Not sure. Uh, But I haven't given up on it. Like, I... If I had to give it a rating right now, if I was putting a number on it, it's like a seven, like a solid seven. Like there's some, there's some solid stuff there, but there's, there are areas, uh, of improvement needed. And it's just not on that Peter Jackson level. Uh, not that I think it even ever could be. Um, I I just think it's hope at this point is that it needs to find its voice. It needs to be its own thing and stand on its own two legs without the comparison of Jackson's trilogy. Uh, let's see. So I watched that Disney plus yet another streaming service, everybody. Uh, this is not one that I have a subscription to, but I know my wife, she has a friend. We sometimes have used her account to look at stuff. I did watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that was there. There was a lot of stuff I enjoyed about that, but then I also felt like there was missed opportunities too. um, to keep it short, I'll just say there was a little too much focus to me on some of the stuff with Obi-Wan and Little Leia. Uh, I just wanted the to sh- to the show to focus a lot more on Obi-Wan and his journey. And I guess some of that journey involved the Little Leia. And I'm not like, just for the, re- the record, I'm not like anti-kid. It's not like I watch a kid in a movie and I'm like, oh, no, there's an annoying kid. Let's get back to the grown-ups. Not like that. I just think the attention got pulled off of Obi Wan more than it should have. Would have enjoyed it if it actually stuck true to its title, being really primarily about Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, but that said, some of the the stuff with Darth Vader, like those, are probably the best best scenes in the whole series. Uh, Freaking great. Also awesome to see Hayden Christensen back. I'm happy to see that the internet has essentially forgiven him, uh, for some of his past discretions that people gave him shit on, uh, namely this clip. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. So it was nice to see him back. And overall it was pretty, pretty good. I mean, I, I'd give it like an eight. All right, everyone. Uh, let's see. I've talked about a lot of stuff on Netflix, Talked a little little bit, a little wee bit, about stuff on Amazon. A couple Disney Plus stuff. Actually, just one. I realized I just talked about Obi-Wan. I did watch Cruella. Uh, I think there's a physical media release for that, so I can't quite call that a streaming exclusive title. Uh, But I actually actually really enjoyed that. Um, Just never talked about it. Really, really, really enjoyable. Did not go where I was expecting it to for that, and Emma Stone killed it. So, there's that. But... I was looking into this closely and I realized, my God, there is still so many things out there that I want to watch on streaming that I have not done so yet. So that's what this segment of the episode is going to be about right now is stuff that's out there that I think looks really good uh, and it's either already out or it's coming out and I think you should watch it. And my hope with this is that, hey, at the very least, perhaps it gives me some motivation to eventually get around to watching some of this stuff. And if nothing else, if time escapes me and I have to just keep trucking along doing my thing with movies, not that I'm complaining, I will still know that I put the word out there about these things and help did my part to spread the good word that is entertainment. So, I'm gonna kinda of go down these different platforms and just rapid fire through some of these and we'll see if any of this works, okay? Let's see, so on Hulu, and yet another another streaming service, here's some of the things that have been there that I would like to see that I have not. There's the patient, that miniseries with Steve Carell and Dom Hall Gleason. That looks good. I've heard great things about the bear. Love to check that out, along with the uh, Native american theme show, uh, Reservation Dogs, I think. Uh, Dope Sick, that's another one that came under my radar. Under the Banner of Heaven, I think that's with Andrew Garfield. Pam and Tommy, uh, about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee when they dated, and then that whole sex tape and the craze that went with that. You got Sebastian Stan, Seth Rogen, uh, Lily James, I think, I think she actually got nominated for a—, a a Golden Globe for playing Pamela, but that looked really good. Uh, another thing that's on Hulu that's not new by any means, but I just I it's on my list and I want to go back desperately and see it is the Stephen King adapted miniseries Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three with James Franco. I heard the thing was great, and I just have not for the life of me been able to check it out. And then the last thing that caught my radar on Hulu is that they have a series adapted for High Fidelity. And I don't know if that's a one season or not, but I'm curious. Now I admit, High Fidelity, the one with John Cusack, is an absolute favorite uh, film of mine. Certainly one I should do a podcast on eventually. So who knows, maybe you guys will all start being like, do High Fidelity, do High Fidelity, and I'll get on it faster. But Love the movie, and so when I saw there was a series, I was like, eh, I don't really know. Uh, you, you know, you don't have John Cusack; it's a you know, you got Zoe Kravitz, she's great, but I wasn't really sure how that would work. But I'm still very curious about it. I have to remind myself that High Fidelity is based off a book, I think. So I would like to be able to go and check that one out, along with all the other ones I mentioned. So, like, what did I just say right there? That's one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, eight freaking shows. And that's just assuming that they got one season. Oh my God. It's exhausting. Uh, Paramount plus another streaming service. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about the show Yellowstone and now all of its spinoffs. There's, there's a prequel. They have another prequel. It's out with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, uh, I think it's on season five now, so I just feel like that's going to be one of those things where it's just it's just too far along. I didn't catch on from the beginning, so maybe if I'm lucky, I'll watch it when the whole set gets released, or I'll just watch the cliff notes of it. But I just feel like I'm missing out on that one. I think it'd be good. Uh, I do want to see the Halo series. I know they're they're shooting season two of that right now. I'm just a huge fan of the Halo. Well, actually, let me pull back. Am I a huge fan of the Halo games? Can I really say that? It's not like I have Master Chief tattooed on me or anything like that, or I own every single game and play them religiously. Uh, perhaps they hold more sentimental value, the games, because I grew up on them. They were big games when I was younger, and I certainly have a lot of great memories playing the online multiplayer, uh, particularly in Halo 3 and Halo Reach. Um Great game, so I think I just wanted to see the Halo be brought to somewhat of the screen correctly. They were talking about doing it as a movie for a long time. I remember that. Uh, it was supposed to be Neil Blomkamp, the director of District 9. But then it ended up falling through. He couldn't get financed. The studio didn't get his vision. And so I think he ended up actually just taking his stuff, uh, scrapping it, and turning what he shot initially into a short film. And I think that short film is actually still out there. I'll put the link in the description. Um, But I want to see it. Uh, I heard the Master Chief, like, he he has sex with somebody, I guess. Uh, Not sure what to think about that because that's certainly not what I associate with the video game Halo. But, hey, you got to take creative liberties where you can. And if it serves the story that they're telling, I say you do it. Uh, And then let's see. I also want to see Tulsa King. That's with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I I gotta I gotta not do that every time I talk about Sylvester Stallone. I love I love Sly. Look at me talking like I know him. I love him. I do. He's Rocky for God's sakes. I, I ha- I'm literally looking at a frame of it hung up in my office right now. That's how much I love Sylvester Stallone. He's great. Him playing a gangster in Oklahoma. That sounds like, sign me up. I don't even need to hear anything else. Plus, I think Taylor Sheridan, who is just apparently a TV wildfire that spreads to everything. I mean, he is everywhere, touching a lot of different things and bringing a lot of quality writing to it. Uh, but I think he's I think he's also behind this one, too, or at least involved in some capacity. So I definitely want to check that out. Uh, I know Peacock is a service. I don't know if there's anything there that I really need to see that's new. Uh, however, I do know The Office is on there, and I'm a pretty big fan of that show. I can tell you that. I've watched that entire series, I think, all the way through twice. Um, possibly, not three times, but twice for sure I've seen the entire series. So I, I really like that. I'm always up to watch uh, Steve Carell Michael Scott and the whole gang. Uh, let's see, Disney+, Plus. I I talked about that with Obi-Wan and, you know, Cruella, but there is so much stuff with Marvel, oh my god, like, how can I even keep up with that, like, as if I wasn't buried enough from everything else I just mentioned to you all, then there's all the Marvel series that have to tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm like, I just can't, guys, it's enough that you're trying to get me to watch, like, 25, 26, 27, 28... Marvel Cinematic Universe movies but to have to ask me to ask me a person that is employed and is doing this podcast and has a day job and has every other thing I'm doing to ask me to sit there and be like hey you want to watch Loki? Oh well, sure. Oh but but that's not it that's that's not it yet, Jordan. Wait, what? There's more? Well, of course there's more. There's always more. The MCU never ends. You have Loki, you have She-Hulk, you have Hawkeye, you have, what is it? Miss, uh, Miss Marvel. Um, oh my God. Falcon and the winter soldier. I, there's the Wanda vision thing. Like, I think I just named six right, like, right there. I, I can't count, but right there. Oh my God. And then star Wars just continues to be ramping up that train too. You got the Mandalorian. I've seen two episodes. People. Isn't that a, isn't that a, like, that should be illegal. I've seen two episodes of the Mandalorian. Like, give me a break. Uh, they're bringing that back for season three. Yet another one that I'm having a hard time keeping up with. Uh, and then you have all these other ones they are developing. There's like the Acolyte. the Bad Batch. You have that series with the Orange Tentacle Lady played by Rosario Dawson. Ash- Ashoka. Ashoka? The Star Wars fans out there are probably pulling their ears out of their heads. Um, and I think there's others, too. I don't even know. That's just the ones that come to mind. So, holy crap, there's that. Uh, but yet the list goes on. The list goes on. HBO Max, yet another good one. The Last of Us, I know that just came out recently. I played half of the first video game, really enjoyed the story, was god-awful at the game because I just suck at stealth games. I just really do. I'm not good at them. But the story looks great, and you got Pedro Pascal. Uh, I know Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, he shows up. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's an apocalyptic show. Like, that. that's got my name written all over it. But, again, I just got to find the time. And let's see these other ones. Succession, heard great, great things. Euphoria with Zendaya. I've also heard that that shows a knockout every single time. Uh, Barry with Bill Hader. I've been wanting to check that out. They did a series, uh, a mini-series on the staircase. Uh, That's about that husband, I think, that got off of pushing his wife down the stairs, and they could never quite rule it out if it was truly a murder or an accident. Not sure. Uh, Mayor of Easttown. That looks great. Uh, The White Lotus. What is The White Lotus? Is that even out yet? I don't think that's out yet. I think that might be... Let me see. The White lotus Mm. oh wait no yeah that's out yeah i'm i'm thinking of that guy from the bear and zach efron have this new wrestling movie coming out i think it's called like iron hawk or something now the white lotus has a couple seasons out and i've heard a lot of great things about that too i like the writer uh creator of it mike white uh he helped uh make school of rock um a lot of other things too he's a talented writer so i want to check that out uh, I never got around to watching Chernobyl, heard that was really good, know that the co-creator of that's involved in The Last of Us, so there's a good connection. Tokyo Vice, I want to see that as well, um, that's got, um, I don't know if it was created, I don't think it was created by Michael Mann, but I know he's involved with it, and he directed a couple of episodes, so love to check that out too, but I just don't know where I'm going to get the time just yet, so yeah, God willing, I'll get more time for this stuff. Apple Plus, they have a few things that are on my radar. I do want to see Emancipation, despite all the negative press that's still out there for Will Smith. The Morning Show, I'm kind of curious about that one, not like eager to watch it, but I like the cast. And in particular, I like supporting anything that's got Billy Crudup in it, because that's another actor that never gets his due, at least mainstream uh, speaking at least. Uh, Causeway is that Jennifer Lawrence movie that was getting some initial award buzz, but I actually haven't heard much about it now. There's a movie called Raymond and Ray that's there. It's got Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke. I just like both those actors a lot and seeing them play brothers. I think that would be cool. I never watched the best picture winner. Might've been a 2020, uh, CODA, the child of a deaf adult. I think that's what that stands for. Heard that was good. Good for the, uh, the deaf community. So I wanted to see that. And then actually probably the only one I have seen on here that I do own on physical media is on the rocks. And if my memory serves me right, I have done a podcast on that a good while back. So you can listen to my thoughts on that in that particular episode. Uh, There's discovery plus don't know if there's anything on there I want, but I know it's there. There's probably some good nature show or something that I could see there. And then the very last thing I think that's on my radar as far as streaming content is Weird, the Al Yankovic story where Daniel Radcliffe is playing uh, playing Weird Al Yankovic. Not a huge Weird Al fan, but I like a good biopic and I like true stories. And this one I'm sure is going to take creative liberties because of who the subject matter is, which is Weird Al. The guy's weird. Uh, and he's certainly not conventional, so I don't expect the biopic to be either. But... But yeah, I, I I hope going through that list was in, informative at the very least for you guys. Maybe gave you a couple of shows to look up if you if you didn't think about it before. And if nothing else, it's just to serve as a painful reminder to myself of all the great stuff that seems to be out there that I just am struggling right now at the moment to find all the time to do. But got to focus on the bright side here. Got to end this episode on a positive note and just say this. One, I think it's wonderful that we are in the time that we are in where we have such a big, big ocean's worth of material to choose from to watch. Uh, TV, it's so great that it's gone over to streaming. I I think that's where TV really truly can thrive. Um, So I'm, I'm really happy for a lot of the series that have landed over there that ordinarily might not have been picked up someplace else. But for the original films, I guess I'll always be torn because I have seen a few really good ones on there. But I think it's kind of sad that just as a physical media collector, I can't really display it with pride on my shelf. Uh, I can't really advocate for it in the same way as I would something that's physical, at least just to me. Uh, Because when it streams, I mean, even if it's good, I might keep it like on my queue. But the odds of me actually checking it out or sharing it with somebody else again... I don't know. It goes down exponentially, so I'll leave it at that. But it's a it's a, it's a it's a great time. It's a great time that we live in. I'll I'll leave it at that. How about that? How about them apples? Do you like apples? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the latest stuff that I've watched on streaming. I think I've talked about stuff in here that I think is worth taking a look at stuff that's not. And I also reviewed a lot of different stuff out there that is either out now or is coming out that I think is worth taking a look at as well as myself to eventually get around and watch it. But let's just enjoy this content like boom that we are living in right now where we just have access at our fingertips to so many things um, enjoy it, enjoy it, share it, talk about it with your friends, your family, whoever. Um, I just want us all as a community of entertainment lovers to keep supporting entertainment where we can, uh, to promote it where possible and to let the industry thrive. I mean, that, that is what I want to see at the end of the day. And with all your help out there, um, I think you can do that. So, you know, let's, let's just do it. That's all I got for this episode, everybody. Y'all take care and I will see you all on the next episode.